This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome to the prologue. This is Doug Dahlgren, and I thank you so much for tuning into the program. Now, our purpose here is very simple. It's to introduce you to interesting people you may or may not have heard of before. Many of those are authors, but we also invite musicians or just plain interesting regular folks with a good story to tell. Now, if you are one of those or if you know of anyone who would like to be on this program, I'd love you to tell, uh, tell them about us, tell them they can come on, talk about their work, have a permanent podcast that they can share just as often as they would like. Now, if you or anyone else would like to do that, please email me at Doug at AmericasWebRadio.com or Doug at DougDahlgren.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, today we've got a very terrific guest with us. He's an author of four mystery thrillers. He happens to have a very interesting and involved day job as well. And this is your prologue. With over 28 years in practice as a board-certified OBGYN, our guest has served as chief of staff for two hospitals and is currently a local director of the American Institute of Minimally Invasive Surgery in Jackson, Mississippi. His educational accolades began in high school where he was a class valedictorian. That carried on to the University of Mississippi where he was vice president of the Associated Student Body, president of the Interfraternity Council, and a member of Kappa Alpha Order. While at Ole Miss, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, the National Leadership Honor Society, which is Omicron Delta Kappa, and was inducted into Mortarboard, the College National Honor Society. Our guest today graduated magna cum laude before attending the School of Medicine at Ole Miss. His experience in writing also began at the university, where he served as editor-in-chief of the Ole Miss Yearbook, continuing into the medical school with the same position for the 1982 Medic. And carrying on today, he serves on the editorial board of two medical journals in Mississippi. With all the honors and accolades in medicine, our guest also has, to his credit, four great mystery novels and an award for his writing. His 2006 novel, Points of Origin, won an award for Southern Fiction from the Independent Publishers Awards in 2007. With us this hour, from Mississippi, is none other than Darden North. How are you doing, Darden? Welcome to the program. I'm fine, Doug. Thanks for having me on again. I was glad to, glad to be here. And I really had a lot of fun during all that time. I, it wasn't all work. I, just listening to all those <laughs> things you mentioned. Well, being able to accomplish what you did has got to have been fun. I mean, there's just no way around it. But anyway, congratulations, and we're, we're glad to have you here. Now, Thank writers you. tend to write what they know about or are comfortable with or what they have an acute interest in. Now, you stay pretty close to home in that your stories all involve doctors in medical situations, but they're not medical journals or medical novels per se, are they? They're not because the characters are predominantly medical or medically related, but I do have some police detectives and some uh, other people in there as well. The novels are not science fiction or purely based on just the medicine, but it's basically just the situations that these medical people can find themselves in. 
and you speak in a language through these books that just all of us can understand. In other words, I'm saying, readers, you don't have to fight your way through a whole lot of medical jargon to understand these stories. Is that right, sir? And that's true, and I think as I've continued to write and have now four books, another one I'm working on now, I find I use medical terms a whole lot less often. But, you know, in a lot of the television shows now, the medical TV shows, they throw medical terms out and you just kind of understand what they're talking about based on what the situation is. So um, I, I think I try to make it, you know, basic. So if you don't know anything about medicine, you can still enjoy the book. Oh, yeah. And each of these books, each of these stories has its own very unique mystery and storyline. So it's not like you're reading the same thing over and over again. Well, that's true, and I, I find myself uh, getting finished with the book I'm working on to do the next one when I have a new idea. Uh, some of the characters do repeat through the books, but each book has its own storyline, so they are standalone novels, not a series. All right. Now, the very first novel was called House Call, and I understand with all you had going on at the time that that one took a bit of a while to write and to get edited. Is that correct? We did. It was a 10-year project, <laughs> and... Um, I'm glad it, you know, did well and, and people wanted to read it, so it kept me going uh, after that. Uh, we had Katrina hit, you know, the South at, around the time it came out, so some of the bookstores we had planned to have book signings, uh, had them scheduled, weren't there anymore. So that was, uh, um, you know, a little little twist there. But I had worked Katrina into my, my subsequent novel, so uh, let that play a part in the in the book writing. So we kept going. Now, we mentioned House Call. That was number one. Uh, office personalities, politics, and infighting, all set in a medical practice and surrounded and wrapped up with mysterious deaths. Would you call that uh, pretty much a, a, a good overview of House Call? I think it is. It was. Uh, I used to compare it to Grey's Anatomy at the uh, time when I would go to book signings and, and people were asking me about it. Yeah. Uh, wasn't as certainly wasn't as isn't as racy as Grey's Anatomy can be, but um, it did show a lot of the the back scenes, the uh, the things that are going on, the politics behind uh, medicine that patients certainly don't see uh, and shouldn't see. Um, the the central uh, theme is there's a male OBGYN who's uh, uh, a victim of reverse sexual discrimination, and that sort of set the plot in motion. Of course, I had to work in uh, murder and another death and some things like that. Uh, it's truly a, a, a mystery, I would think, although there's some thriller aspects in it as well. I'm real proud of it. It's a, a great story. So I'm hearing you've got a Dr. Dreamy in there. Is that not? Nice? Uh, I do. Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, and whether that was uh, that Dr. Dreamy was modeled after me or one of my partners, you, we'll just have to let somebody else decide that. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's worth the read. It's It's a good story. It's a very good mystery. And, again, set in uh, what other people can relate to, really, uh, no matter what business or field you're in. If you've got an office with other people, you understand what the office politics can be. And uh, sometimes it gets rather steep. At any rate, it's a very good book. Again, it's called House Calls. Now, this was a orig- House Call. Originally, this was in hardcover only. But I think you've got some pretty exciting news for us about the Kindle version this morning, don't you? Yes, it's in paperback, too, but we have a special promotion going on for the Kindle ebook. It's only 99 cents, and that's leading up to Halloween, so it's a limited promotion uh, being placed about a week up till Halloween. Um, and it fits into Halloween very well because the, front co- the cover has a picture of a bloody bathtub. 
So I looked at that and the candles around, and I thought, you know, that does look kind of Halloweenish and kind of ghoulish. So I think it's uh, fitting that we had that promotion around this time. The the bloody bathroom scene, of course, is the murder scene, uh, and it's not a scary book after that. So you don't have to be afraid if you if you're a little shy of things like that. But I do hope people will uh, give it a try. It's a great uh, opportunity to sample my books. It's ninety nine cents uh, through Kindle ebook on Amazon. You don't even have to have a Kindle to download it. You just download their free software. It'll be a great time to try out uh, my novels. I think you'll get hooked hopefully after that. All right. Now we're I'm actually here. sort of I'm, I want to say one other thing. It's almost in the top ten in my genre now due to the promotion, so it'd be wonderful to make it to number one. So I hope the your listeners out there really uh, will try to download it. You can't buy a Coke at the convenience store for 99 cents, so it's a pretty good deal. How true is that? So now, folks, Kindle, and folks with iPads, the, the Kindle app will work on your iPad. Uh, get out there and give it a try. That's called House Call. The author is Darden North. And until Halloween of this year, we're talking in 2015, so until October 31st of 2015, it, order it now for 99 cents. And you know what? If if you're listening to the podcast and it's down here somewhere near uh, Thanksgiving, don't fret. I mean, the, the limited time special is a good price for this thing, uh, and by then it will be number one in that category. But this is a great read, and the regular price on it is is really only four ninety nine for Kindle. Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. So a great buy either way. But if you're hearing us now live, or if you hear us before the promotion ends. October 31st, please take advantage of that 99 cents on Kindle. Now, obviously, with your education and what you do, you've been around very interesting reading and writing pretty much all of your life. Was there a particular point where you decided to turn your skills into writing mystery suspense novels? I started um, reading a lot of the uh, Mississippi authors that were starting to do really well about that time. That was John Grisham. Of course, Greg Isles was getting some uh, books, uh, some great novels in the New York, New York Times bestsellers list as well, and really started to appreciate what they were doing. Didn't think uh, there were any doctors doing it, and I thought, you know, I think a doctor can do this just as well. We doctors have a lot of self-confidence, but I think you want that. If you're a patient, you want your doctor to have some self-confidence. So I uh, pretty much just jumped into it and um, began to, you know, just read any anybody else's book that, that I had time to to do so, and you know, found a niche where I could take some characters that no one else had really described, and you know, found some good plots to really get them all twisted into and get them in a lot of trouble. So that's really what inter- interested me to do it. It helped that my children were growing up, wasn't having to help with homework as much at night. Uh, my wife, you know, family was very supportive, so that's uh, that's what got me started. Where can people find these books? Where do they go? We mentioned Kindle, but where all can they go to find Darden Norse Mysteries? The, the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, www.dardennorth.com. Very easy to remember, D-A-R-D-E-N-N-O-R-T-H.com. There's a buy it section. It tells you all the different places you can get it, uh, local bookstores as well as Amazon, Barnes & Noble. All of those places have it. Um, there's still, you know, printed copies available. I'll be happy to sign them anytime. I also have a, an author Facebook page, and it's uh, Darden North, author, and I uh, really would appreciate some likes there. We're almost up to 2,000 likes, and that's been a great way for me to keep people updated about what's you know going on with my writing career, and I throw a few vacation pictures in there now and then if I 
into a bookstore in another town or another country. Uh, that's been really a great way for me to interact with with fans, and I actually respond to messages that way. But my website's a great source. We keep that updated. You can email me that way, too. But, but that's DardenNorth.com. Just check the Buy It page. All right, very good. And, folks, uh, you know, I had the pleasure of being around all four that are currently available, and uh, these are good reads. This man uh, can tell a good story, and that really is what uh, writing and, and mystery novels are all about. If you don't have the good story, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Uh, it's not going to be a very interesting read. Am I right there? You're right. That's what I look for as a reader as well. All right. Now, we're coming up on a break here. Again, we're going to come back in just a few minutes with Dr. Darden North, and he prefers to be known as Darden North with his novels because uh, really that's who he is. He is a novelist and an author, and again, you can find him on Amazon. You can find him, oh, just Google the name, Darden North, D-A-R-D-E-N-N-O-R-T-H. And this is Doug Dahlgren on the prologue. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And good morning again. My name is Doug Dahlgren. You're listening to the prologue on America's Web Radio. Our guest this morning is Darden North. Now, Dr. North has four novels out, uh, very good mystery novels. We've been talking about his first one, House Call, and um, in that discussion came up the fact that uh, you are a doctor and people look at doctors as being rather self-confident to start with. Um, does that self-confidence that, that you have to have in order to make those life-and-death situations that doctors do, does that help you with the moxie that it takes to put yourself out there as a writer? 
Well, I, I think so, but, you know, just anyone who has a profession or anyone who works in their home or interacts with people on a daily basis, hopefully everybody has some element of self-confidence um, and you find strength, you know, from within yourself and from your, uh, your, you know, everyone around you and, and your higher power and everything like that. But um, I think that um, I've never been afraid to kind of jump into a project. I've always, I've always had a lot going on. So I didn't really uh, think that I would not do well with the books, and I guess that's what let me go ahead and move on with it. It certainly uh, boosted me when, you know, we sold um, – you know, the first 5,000 uh, hard copies of House Call pretty quickly, that was just a real boost to me and kept me going to writing the next one. But if you're going to have self-confidence, you also have to have the ability to take criticism and to continue to learn. And, in fact, Doug, it was after my third book that I finally actually went to a writing conference, which was good for me because it let me make some contacts with some, you know, authors that were, you know, much you know more well-known than I am. Uh, some people for me to look up to certainly and and work with, and they've been very 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 kind to me. Uh, that's 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 boosted me too. Um, I certainly you know uh, you, you don't like to hear criticism, but I think you have to take that as construction, uh, constructive criticism, and uh, let those editors help you. Listen to what your readers are telling you. You know if they like certain things about your books or they like a certain character. Uh, which book they like the best? It's always kind of interesting to hear that. You know, I, had I hope that my once. children hope my children will have have self confidence too and continue to as they they go through their careers as well. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure they will. Uh, somebody told me once, picking up on what you said there, that you really haven't made it in, in any profession until you get some criticism. Uh, a lot of people are going to line up and tell you what you want to hear, but when you start getting genuine, and I don't mean just bitter, picky stuff, but genuine criticism is like you were talking about. That's where you can learn and where you can grow, and uh, that's that's what shows that you're impacting the audience out there. So uh, I think those were good words. Well, I agree uh, with that. And I, You know, they tell you when you first start writing to look beyond your family and friends to read your work, and that is so true because uh, you'll get an idea from them, but until you let some other people read it or hear other people read it aloud, that's when you really know, uh, you know what's, what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And it's like playing tennis. I used to do that when I was younger. But they always t- you know, said you have to play people who are better than you and people who are not as good as you so that you can keep, you know, keep fresh and keep up with both sides of that. And I think uh, the book clubs and going to uh, conferences and things like that, those are important. You know, they help. We're getting into nuts and bolts. Let's, let's talk about your audience. Is there a particular target audience for your work? My uh, writing appeals to both men and women. I'm an uh, obstetrician gynecologist, so um, people may think, well, oh, just women would read your books, and I, I, I love for women to read my books, and I think I do have had a pretty good patient, I had a good uh, good fan base built in already. Um, but, you know, a lot of them bought the books for their husbands, and uh, I have a lot of men readers. I think my, my audience is pretty much half and half men and women, you know, of course, adults. I think it's basically tenth grade up. Um, there's nothing in my books that you don't, you know, see on television at seven o'clock at night, every night on the networks. The um, um, and again, you don't have to be interested in medicine. I think to enjoy the books at all. 
so I'm not uh, going after just you know people that are interested that they just know medicine. Uh, I want to reach beyond that, but basically people that like a good um, mystery or a thriller. I think you have to like fiction to enjoy my books, and I hope even if you read just nonfiction, you ought to you know lighten up a little bit and read some fiction now and then. Absolutely. So basically, I think I'm, I, I really feel like I appeal to a wide audience out there. Very good. What was it that made you pick this particular genre? Well, because I, you know, knew something about medicine, I think that was just uh, drew me to, um, you know, use characters I could obviously describe a, a doctor and a nurse a little bit better than I could a lawyer or a policeman. However, that's what your uh, research is for is to, uh, you know, talk to people in those professions to find out how they act, what they would say, what, how they would handle a certain situation, you know, what it's what looks like when a bullet hits somebody's head and things like that, uh, how to fly an airplane. You know, it's been really interesting to do all this research in, in, into different scenes in my books to, uh, to really be able to describe them accurately. And sometimes I've done pretty well just just from what I could come up with in my own head and had, uh, you know, different people who knew about how to burn a house down or how to fly an airplane or uh, have them read it, and they say, well, you actually come pretty done pretty well here, and then they'll help me tweak it some. That's part of that's part of the fun of writing books right there. What all is involved with your research? What do you do? Well, I think anybody out there would not argue with this. The Internet has changed things so much. I, I think I would have been going to the library constantly, um, uh, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, but now you could just easily Google something and, and have a good appreciation of what a town looks like or, you know, make sure you're describing a term correctly. That's that's made that so much easier. And that brings up kind of a good kind of thought here because after my first two books, House Call and Points of Origin, were written, I really had sort of used up the two plots and the two ideas that I had in my mind. So I had to kind of reach beyond that. And that did, you know, lead me into having to do more research about you know, frozen embryos and and then about, um, you know, what it was like to be uh, 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 an Air Force surgeon in Iraq for wiggle room, things like that. And that's um, and that's actually brought me some new readers because when I contacted these people, they found out what I was doing, and I think that got them interested in, in my writing. And, uh, again, has made it, you know, more fascinating for me. This My new novel, I've had to do some research about um, raising bees, so that'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, we want to find out a little more about that uh, here just a little bit. Uh, inspiration, talking about the, the plots and the storylines, does inspiration for your stories ever come from cases that you've been involved with or from cases that you've heard about? Well, yes and no. House Call has some... Um, descriptions of medical scenes in the labor and delivery unit that tie into the plot and you know that was easy for me to describe uh because i you know obstetrician as far as some of the emergencies and things um the uh fresh frozen was sort of inspired from a medical talk i heard by uh, a reproductive endocrinologist who was talking about frozen eggs and embryos um things like that but not one particular uh you know medical case or or patient or anything like that has has given me an idea for a story and I'm and I think my patients understand that I'm not writing about them you know they can uh, I, I separate these two uh, professions and separate these two worlds keep them keep them separate 
Absolutely. Now, Darden North was born, raised, educated, and built a career in Mississippi. Now, there's quite a number of great writers that come from that part of the country. Are there any that stand out as your personal favorites? I enjoy reading Greg Isles. Um, his, uh, particularly his earlier books were, I think, really, really fascinating for me. He's, uh, he's really a great guy. If you meet him, he's just as normal as you and I are. But, you know, some of his <laughs> books are kind of way out there. And when I first met him, I thought, gosh, he's, you know, really normal. But, uh, he's so creative and just, uh, has, uh, just a wealth of, uh, of, uh, ideas there. Um, we have new authors all the time. Um, I'm, I'm sort of drawing a blank thinking about anybody else, but um, I've tried to uh, any any of the new authors that have approached me, asking me for I, for you know suggestions. I've tried to share what I know, uh, and I think uh, I'm not. We no one can really answer why we have so many many authors here. It's just that you know we do have a very colorful history. Um, you know, we have had some, you know, tormented times in our state of Mississippi. We really are on the upswing. I think we have a lot of good things happening now. And our the people here in Mississippi get along great together. Um, in the past, maybe that wasn't true. But I've, um, and I haven't really written about the past much. Um, I haven't done that. I think that's uh, why a lot of authors have become so successful so quickly is that's, is that's what they've done, which is fine. But um, I do have a 1960s retro scene in my book I'm working on, but it doesn't have anything to do with uh, um, any of the turmoil of the 1960s, technically, that we had. Mississippi's been a great great place for me. We have so many bookstores here that are still viable, uh, not just the big box bookstores. That, you know, it's easy to get you a bunch of book signings right off the bat. Well, that's always helpful. I want to ask you about your process a little bit. Um, your wife taught high school English. That had to be helpful to you. Is she? Uh, does she operate as your first line editor or proofreader? She has been great through all this. She sort of burned out about um, about toward the end of the second book. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's busy. She's a real estate agent. She's uh, worked in retail. She's you know uh, raised two children. Stays busy in the community. So she has her own things going on. Um, she actually told me, she said, well, I don't really like to read that kind of novel. She, you know, she likes mostly, um, you know, true stories and, and uh, nonfiction and uh, things, self-help books. So, and I, I respect that. But I do ask her an occasional, um, you know, grammatical thing or uh, word usage, and she helps me look it up real quickly. She's been great. She's been great. Oh, yeah. Where would we be without our wives, I'll tell you. That's true. Couldn't get it done. Now, I understand you have grown children uh, how do they feel about Dad's work? Do they read your stories? They do. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that William and Anderson have read um, at least the first three books. Um, my son William is doing a plastic surgery residency in Kentucky, and hopefully he'll be back in Mississippi some point. But he uh, uh, mentions it, I think, in, in in the hospital up there, and has has got me a few fans and. Um, my daughter's in nursing school. I think she's been pretty much submerged in that lately. But um, they they do they uh, tell their friends about it. And uh, but you know you you uh, you don't live your parents' life and vice versa. So they have their own 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 projects going on. 
Absolutely. Folks, we're here this morning with Darden North. Darden has four great books out, and we've heard that he's working on a fifth. We're going to talk to him more about that in a little bit. But right now, we're going to listen to these short messages, and we'll be back on the prologue with Darden North. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And this is Doug Dahlgren. Welcome back to the prologue. Our guest this morning is Darden North. Darden has four very interesting mystery novels, suspense novels out there, and we've been talking about house calls. I want to, or house call, I keep saying, I want to make it more than one, Doc. I don't know why, but I keep doing it. The title of the book is House Call. Now, in 2007, we get to book number two, which is called Points of Origin, and this book won an Ippy in Southern Fiction. Now, folks, if you're not familiar with the Ippies, you should be. This is the Independent Publishers Awards, and it is very prestigious, particularly here in this region. Now, Darden, for somebody who's accumulated all the well-earned recognition that you have through your education and through your career, um, how did that award register with you? Well, I'm going to throw this out, Doug. It's actually more of an, an almost an international recognition now because they have people enter, entering, submitting their work to that contest from all over the world now. Um, I, I think it's correct. kind of gr- it's, it's grown more since 2007. It may be harder to get it now. But um, that was a real, um, uh, you know, I guess self-satisfying or, or, or kind of stamp of approval to get that award. And, 
it was fun to go to the presentation they had in New York and those kind of things, meet people. There was a, uh, an author from Australia that was there that won an award. It's, you know, certainly um, let me understand what somebody would be looking for in making a judgment about giving an award, because I do think that uh, book, you know, basically filled the bill for a Southern fiction novel, because the of course, it was set in Mississippi, but a lot of the characters were very, very quirky Southern. It was just, uh, you know, just right. Um, and I'm, just, you know, uh, all of my novels have actually been awarded. Uh, the new one still is, you know, up for uh, different uh, contests and things. But all of my novels have received some sort of accolade like that, you know, as far as a, a award. And that's, I've been grateful about that, very, very grateful. The... Um, we don't, you know, write to get awards, but it's always nice to get a pat on the back. I mean, we're all human, so recognition, that's really yes. good for me. Yes, but the Independent Publishers point. Book Awards was was something I'm very proud of. Now, the story of Points of Origin deals with a plastic surgeon and, of course, a suspicious death. Uh, give us a little bit more of a teaser uh, about that book. The book is basically written in first person with some third person elements uh, told by the. Uh, son of the plastic surgeon basically the plastic surgeon sets up a uh, practice in a small town where it's uh, sort of a, a hollywood design practice you you come have your face lift the night before you've had a nice bottle of wine and dinner in his nice restaurant next door and then they you know send you home the limo or fly you out um and uh he uh, the plastic surgeon basically uh the sequence of a series of events has an unfortunate incident with a with a patient that cost him his career, and um, I can't tell you too much when we run the story. But the the son is basically trying to avenge what has happened to his father and his family because of that. And I had fun with the plaintiff's attorney in that, and I had to do a lot of research about fire because there's an arsonist that plays um, uh, into it uh, deeply. So. There's a lot going on there, and I really think it would make a good movie. I'm hope that, hope, hope that's going to happen sometime. Uh, it would start off with a big explosion and then go from there. Now, one of the newer formats, it's been out for a while, but a newer format that you've got, uh, Points of Origin is in and available, has an audio book. Now, you're also working to get book number three, Fresh Frozen, in the audio format. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. How is that process? Well, it'll be available through Audible.com and also through Amazon and iTunes uh, as a digital digital download. So you can uh, basically download it to any electronic device, which means there are no discs or things you have to fool with. You can even get it through the library, too. They can actually do that. But I, it's being done through Audible.com, and I uh, auditioned several um, voice artists or narrators and was so grateful that Flora Plum was uh, interested in doing it. So she and I have been working on Fresh Frozen, and actually I've been tweaking the book a little bit, putting a little bit more dialogue in it, because she does such a wonderful job with both male and female voices. She, uh, as well as other people who I was happy to have audition, um, submitted several segments of dialogue being read uh, that I submitted to her as part of an audition, so I was able to make a judgment that she was a really good fit and i think she's really enjoying the project she's uh, based in los angeles she's a professional actress she's a director voice artist she's a taught shakespeare for 25 years at the los angeles county high school for the arts so she uh i think is, is probably taking this as a challenge because she has to come up with some su- southern accents 
and I'll tell you kind of one funny thing. There is um, uh, Knox Shambly, who is uh, the uh, the nice-looking male OBGYN who was in House Call that appears somewhat in Fresh Frozen as well. She had, we were talking on the phone. She said, well, what kind of accent does he have? And I, she said, does he talk like you? And I said, yes. So we answered that question there. <laughs> now, but, picking um, a narrator, picking a narrator is an important task, and you, you've done it twice now. Um, tell us, what are, what are some of the keys when you're, I guess, auditioning people or just trying to figure out who you're going to use? What, what are you looking for from that voice actor? Well, this is what I've learned, and you can um, uh, pick from you know both male and female uh, narrators. Sometimes it makes a difference, you know, what as to what your book is. But you submit a 15-minute audition, and what you want to do is not just send 15 minutes just directly out of one part of the book. You should pick different passages and include several different characters, uh, male and female, young and old, so that you can see the full, you know, uh, you know the full dynamics of that narrator, what they can do, the full spectrum of their talent. And if you do that, you can, I think, have a better appreciation. Also, listening to the audition, you can tell if the narrator is kind of rushing. And I could notice when Flora sent me hers, she was very calm and slow, which made me think she practiced it some before she sent it to me. And I, I knew she would take time um, you know, be really interested in the project. So I would just, if you're doing this, uh, if you're an author out there thinking about that, be sure that the narrators have several different characters to read from, to audition from, so you can get the full breadth of their talent. Now, Flora Plum uh, is, is who you chose to do Fresh Frozen. How right. did you actually find her? Who put you together with her in the first place? Through audible.com, you can see um, what uh, narrators are available and how they, uh, whether they'll work on a royalty or whether they want royalty plus, uh, you know, a stipend, that kind of thing. And then you basically narrow it down as to whether you want an American or do you want someone who wants to read in French. You know, there are all different kind of classifications there. Um, and then basically you just contact them and tell them what the project is, and then they may say, I would like to audition or I'm too busy or sounds great, but I've got five books ahead of you and that kind of thing. And You make your decision from there. Also, the narrators can actually go in on their own and see what books are available to audition to audition for. So if you if a book is listed, the, you may be contacted by a narrator uh, without even contacting them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Now, Fresh Frozen is one we're talking about. That's book number three. And I hope it will be ready by Christmas. We hope so. Okay. Now, that book goes into the world of frozen embryos, which is a very interesting, timely-type subject. Um, does it also touch on stem cell research? No, it doesn't, and it's not um, It's not a political book. It's not making any statements there. It's not, uh, you know, so I don't want anyone to think that. But um, it's not making judgments on anybody one way or the other, but... Basically, a movie star, Alan Saxton, is uh, hasn't been able to get pregnant. She's in her late 30s, early 40s. She's had failed marriages. So she finds that there is a an infertility clinic that is actually Mississippi, in Canton, Mississippi. A New York physician has moved there to set this place up. So she thinks she can slide down here to Mississippi. Nobody will know she's here. Uh, be involved in, in frozen embryos, perhaps be able to get have a baby that way. Uh, but, however, somebody knows she's here, and someone is trying to steal her frozen embryos. 
So that's basically the the plot. And of course, it's I have to throw in a murder in there too. And uh, there's an internet voyeur who's watching everything in the in the practice. And um, a lot of a lot of really interesting characters there. And the uh, the science in it is not overwhelming at all. Um, I have a tormented policeman and his wife for, for, who are patients, and, and they add a, a, a really uh, good dimension to the book as well. But, I love that you know, it's, it's available now as ebook and in print, but I hope people will listen to it in audible, audible in audiobook as well on audible.com. I'm sure they will. You gave yourself away a little bit there. I love that term you used. She thought she could slide down here to Mississippi. That's <laughs> you, you wouldn't hear it described that way in New Jersey, I'm sure. But very, very descriptive indeed and gives away the southern flavor of the whole story. So. Now, listen, How does tell us again, where do people find your books? And let's include how they find the audio versions as well. So let's start with your website and go right through the whole gamut. How do they find Darden North Mysteries? If you go to my website, DardenNorth.com, D-A-R-D-E-N-N-O-R-T-H.com, there's uh, immediately, immediately on the home page. Each book has its own page, and there's a Buy It page. It has, you know, the Amazons, the Barnes & Nobles, even some bookstores that you could get a signed copy from, um, there's just an easy process there to purchase it. And then as far as the audiobooks, audible.com, or even if you just go to Amazon, they they show uh, if a book has an audible.com version, a digital download version, it will be, they are listed as the choices. And that's uh, what you'll find there now for Points of Origin, in my case, and soon for Fresh Frozen. So it's easy to do it. Um, if you can't find it somewhere, if you email me on my website, I'll make sure you'll find a copy somewhere. We'll get one to you. Um, lots of different avenues to, to purchase it and to read it. Please check the library, too. If the library doesn't have it, get them to get you one. And I believe you said earlier through the website, if somebody contacts you personally, you'll be happy to autograph one and get it mailed out to them personally. Is that true? I'll be, gl- I'll be glad to do that. The, the world can stop for a book signing. That's good. Oh, you know? yes. Absolutely. And, of course, my Folks. Facebook page, uh, Darden North Author, has uh, a lot of continuing information, and you can always click on there and, and find a way to get the books that way, too. Social media, do you find that helpful to you? I think it, you, it is helpful, and you, you have to keep it, uh, you know, as just one of your tools. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't, don't, let you, don't spend too much time with it. I've heard, you know, really well-known authors say they will get on the, computer and waste several hours a day um but uh, i think it's been very helpful for me i think i've learned a lot that way and been able to really get the word out to people about my books um uh, i think it's been very helpful very helpful i have a a twitter i have a twitter uh in fact on my website you can actually uh you know join me on twitter and goodreads that way and uh i also have instagram too so uh, lots of different ways for yeah. We're going to have to take this break right quick, yeah. and then we'll get back and finish up that discussion. Folks, this is the prologue. We're on America's Web Radio, and we will be right back. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. 
and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to America's WebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And this is Doug Dahlgren. You're listening to the prologue. Our guest this morning is Darden North. Darden has four terrific books out there available to you House Call, Points of Origin, Fresh Frozen, and Wiggle Room. And in these are all unique characters. Uh, Doctor, uh, tell us a little bit. Characters are equally, if not more important, than the story itself. Do you build a character to fit the story you're working on, or are these personalities built from people that you already know? My first book, House Call, we've already talked about. The characters came first, and then the plot came second. Uh, however, with Points of Origin, Wiggle Room, and Fresh Frozen, that not, has not been true. The, the, each, each character that I write about is probably a compilation, a mixture of people I know or people that I would like to know or people that I don't want to know. And <laughs> the characters have to drive the story. You have to write a story, in my opinion, as though it's a television show or a movie. You, you can't just describe things. You want the characters to tell the story and the characters to describe themselves in what they say or how they talk. So that's the way I look at I look at them. And I really enjoy writing female characters. Uh, uh, in fact, I've been told I can do women well. And uh, I, I, I kind of I, I have a character who's twelve or ten or twelve in my new book, and so that's kind of interesting to to kind of to write more of a teenager or uh, you know a young person too. Do your characters ever hijack your intended storylines? In other words, do you do such a good job in fleshing them out that you find that they wander off the reservation a little bit? How easy that would be make it if that were true. Um, I, very rarely I do that. I, I, there's a character, Minor LeBlanc, who's a very colorful gentleman in my novels, and uh, he is sort of has his own life in several passages, but 
I try to keep my characters under control. You know, I don't let them don't let them get away from me. Okay. Do you use your own experiences as basis for any of your characters? Well, we know that in every novel, every scene or character is uh, purely fictional. You know, never does does not resemble anybody who's ever lived or ever will live. But um, you know, I think uh, any anybody would have to say that what you're writing about is just a mixture of all of your experiences. Uh, and I and sometimes if you have writer's block, you have to get out and go do something to get that brain going again and get some new experiences. And that's what I usually do is go talk to some people, and that usually helps me. I think I know what the answer to this one's going to be. You've already alluded to him a time or two, but what one character in particular would be the closest to the author? Well, Knox Shambly would be, um, and one of my younger partners says that that's him I'm writing about, but I think he's probably... Uh, Knox Shambly is probably closest to me um, of any of them, but there's probably a little bit of me in every one of my characters, even the bad ones. So, you know, <laughs> let the reader figure that out. <laughs> good, good point. And also, uh, do you find it difficult when it's necessary to kill off an established character, or is that just uh, just part of the story? I have had an opportunity a couple of times to decide who was the one who's going to get killed or who was really going to be the bad person. You know, the story could go either way. And what I've done is kind of thought ahead and thought, now, which one of these people might be really good in another book? Uh, so let's don't, you know, and that, that has sort of influenced me as to which way to go. I killed off um, Taylor Richards, the really nice nurse in House Call, and uh, really wish I hadn't, but, you know, Anyway, somebody had to somebody had to die. So, and you, you want your you want the uh, reader to sort of feel sorry for someone who uh, you know is is certainly is terrible when anyone dies. But you want the reader to have some sort of shock value. To, so you want the character to to mean something to the reader. So occasionally you have to kill somebody off. Oh yeah, That's the way it is. Now we have talked about the ways your your work is available to folks: hardcover, paperback, Kindle, even audio books. Has there been any talk about movies for any of the Darden North mysteries? I have uh, been speak, uh, talking with some producers about Fresh Frozen, and the screenplay has actually been written. It's more of a drama versus a, a thriller. We hope it will be filmed in Mississippi, and hopefully it will uh, happen sometime soon. Um, I, I, there's a lot that goes into that, much more than I ever knew. Um, and uh, But... I've, I've seen the screenplay. The screenplay's great. It's a, it's a very solid story. The the two gentlemen who I've been working with are Frank Batolo and Scott Alvarez, who been, are based out of New York and Los Angeles. And uh, Frank has some southern connections as well. But they really do want to film the book, the movie here, so we hope that'll happen sometime soon. Uh, it's, it'll be great. You will you will keep us appraised of that, I'm sure. Oh, I will. So can, I will. So we can shout from the rooftops about that. That would be terrific to have, have you to be able to go to the movie or, or on the little screen even to see your story played out. That that would be tremendous. It really would. I want to touch on book four for a minute. You've got a unique little story there, Wiggle Room. It's still a murder mystery, but it stands apart from the others. Uh, tell us real briefly why that is. It's an entirely different story and entirely different characters. I did mention Mino LeBlanc. I couldn't leave him out. He's the only character that repeats. He's sort of a 
he's a, uh, a personal shopper, fashion designer, and he had to be in it. But anyway, um, I, I got the idea from actually a book signing, and uh, it's not a war story, but it does open up in 2006 Iraq, and a, a trauma surgeon from Jackson, Mississippi is there and saves an Iraqi civilian, which is which is he was duty bound to do. However, that civilian follows him back to to Jackson um, to kill him because he was did not want to be saved. So it's a very unique story. I don't think there's one out out there at all like that. Uh, Brad Cummins is the main protagonist, and I introduced Diana Bratton. Uh, both of those are actually real names, but they're not the characters are not model, are not. Uh, modeled after those people. Those names were bought through a silent auction charity uh, event. But um, in the new book I'm working on, Diana Bratton becomes the main protagonist. Um, but, you know, Brad has to deal with some personal issues while he's being you know, chased unknowingly by terrorists or other people that die. Um, and there's another villain in the book, too, and it'll take a while for the reader to figure out who that is. And I think they won't figure it out to the very end. Now, you've mentioned a new book uh, coming up. I believe you said the title for that is going to be When the Bee Stings. When the Bee Stings. Now, when the Bee Stings. And you gave me a little bit of a kind of a, a soapbox pitch for that. Uh, your character that you've mentioned already, Diana Bratton, believes there's five ways to die. Accidental, natural causes, cancer, unclassified. Now, that's a broad range. And murder. And she believes that she may uh, become the last entry on that list. Uh, what more do you care to tell us about when the bee stings? Well, actually, the five ways are natural, accidental, suicidal, unclassified, and then murder or homicidal. Um, the, um, uh, actually, I heard another author talk about the five ways to die in you know, in, in writing books, and I thought, that's very interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. And she is a, a, a surgeon herself, and these are not patients that are dying, but she's just noticed that there are people that are dying around her. Someone dies in the street in front of her. And then, you know, it's just she starts to kind of wonder what is going on and begins to kind of put this together. And she realizes, well, no one's actually been murdered. And then she begins to feel uncomfortable about some of the people she's with, and she thinks maybe she, that she will be the one who's murdered. Um, you know, whether she is or not, we'll have to we'll have to see and read the book. But um, you know, a lot of other it? no, it's it's still in the works. I'm hoping to okay. have it uh, finished, and hopefully, it'll be out in 2016. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about some more of it some more then. But I think. Uh, it's a it's a it's not a sequel to Wiggle, Wiggle Room, but it is sort of a companion story because it sort of picks up several years after that novel was over. Picks up a totally different plot. Okay. All right, very good. You do book signings and you do speaking engagements. How do folks get in touch with you if they're interested in having you come to their club or to their organization? They, they could easily email me through my website. It, my email address is darden at dardenor.com. I've actually done some uh, long distance book signings. We you know, through Skype or through FaceTime on cell phones. That's an easy way to do it. Uh, and I really enjoy that. I actually learn a lot because the last book signing I did was a very um, neat group of ladies um, that, that met in the library. They asked me some of the most probing questions about points of origin. It was really <laughs> made me think. I wasn't sure exactly how to answer some of them, but uh, it's nice to hear what people are really looking for in a book and what they 
how they judge it, how they judge the characters, and what was I trying to do or say through those characters. Um, so I think that's a good way to keep your keep yourself abreast of what uh, readers want and keep your keep your writing fresh is to participate in book clubs and book signings. Absolutely. Darden, can you think of anything that we haven't covered this morning, something that needs to be brought up? Well, I, I really can't. We've covered a lot. Um, you know, I might want to call you it's the middle of the night sometimes when I've got writer's block, but otherwise I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> okay. But I really wish people would, people would check me out on my Facebook page, uh, Darden North Author, and uh, like it, please, and share it with all your friends. Um, like I said, I have a Twitter address, Darden North, and then uh, you can find me on Instagram, Darden North, and my website, I mentioned that, and I really do like to stay in touch with people. So uh, and please do. You, uh, we hope to have you back when, when the Bee Stings is available, and we also look forward to hearing progress on the movie. That, that's exciting. So. And, don't, and don't forget the uh, Fresh Frozen audiobook. Fresh Frozen audiobook and 99-cent promotion on House Call. Folks, if you're listening <laughs> live, get out there and get that thing, okay? Now, listen, I, Darden, thank you so much. I don't know where the hour goes. I want to thank my guest today, Darden North, for being here to discuss his growing list of award-winning novels. And I hope you've had a good time. And like I said before, I want you to come back when The Beast Things is released. Okay, sir? Doug, thank you so much. You're doing a great service for all of us by having these programs. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And listeners, please do go to Darden's website, go to Amazon.com, and also that new Facebook page, Darden North Author. And look for House Call, Points of Origin, Fresh Frozen, Wiggle Room, and Coming Soon, When the Bee Stings. All great reading from author Darden North. I hope you've enjoyed our show for today. Please tell your friends all about it and to visit our archives at the bottom of the prologue page on AmericasWebRadio.com. And listen there to any past shows that you'd like as many times as you wish, free and on demand. So that's about it for this episode. Again, I am Doug Dahlgren. For myself and our guest, Darden North, I'd like to say take care of yourselves and each other. Read a book. If it's not one of Darden's, maybe you'll consider one of mine. And I'll see you folks again in just 167 hours. Take care. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.